This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 78 of the Wisdom by Wessa show on the Horse Radio Network. This is Mike Janelle. And I'm Sophia Aguilar. Welcome to Wisdom by Wessa on the Horse Radio Network. My loyal co-host, Casey Wilbanks-Coletti, was unable to join us today, so Sophia and I are going to carry on, and welcome to the Wisdom by Wessa podcast on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by the Western and English Sales Association, Wessa, which provides the world's largest trade events for retailers, manufacturers, and sales representatives of the equestrian industry. In this podcast, we feature exclusive interviews with noteworthy Western and English personalities, retailers, and exhibitors you've always wanted to talk to. Don't miss out on all the news from manufacturers and retailers in the equine industry. And Sophia, you have a message. Today's episode airs just after Thanksgiving. So on behalf of Wessa, I want to thank our fabulous co-hosts, Mike and Casey, as the voices behind the show and the talents behind the microphone and for truly going above and beyond and even starring in our anniversary video. And of course, also the Horse Radio Network and their team for putting together each and every episode. It's It's been another interesting year, but we're thankful for the members and retailers of the association to keep going together and move forward as a community. And of course, also for giving us your time and listening to Wisdom by Wessa or even participating. And we also want to thank the Wessa board for supporting the Wisdom by Wessa podcast and for making it all possible, this podcast. It's it's truly an exciting way for us to connect with the industry and to share stories, learn from one another and stay in touch. And we are looking forward to more episodes and more guests and more stories and can't wait to see what's coming up. And also, if any of our listeners would like to give back to the community during this Thanksgiving season, I'd like to remind everyone that they can do so through West Trust. And there is more info on the West Trust Facebook page, which is at West Trust Fund. And there also will be a special West Trust raffle available on site in January. So thank you again, everyone, and happy Thanksgiving. Like many of the historic, famous, and highly successful companies we featured on Wisdom by Wessa, Wolverine Worldwide's history can be traced back more than a century to the foresight and the hard work of one man, G.A. Krause. Krause founded the company in 1883 in Rockford, Michigan, where its headquarters remain today. Not only was Krauss devoted to making quality footwear, he was a progressive fellow and in 1901 organized a power company to bring electricity to his hometown. He understood vertical integration, and in 1908, he and his sons, who were in the business, built a leather tannery to provide the firm with Wolverine horsehide. During World War II, the company developed pigskin gloves for the Navy and then built another factory to produce pigskin suede leather. In the 1950s, the company introduced the famously casual shoe brand, Hush Puppies, and it is said that by the early 1960s, one in 10 American adults owned a pair. 
Today, the company is one of the world's leading marketers of footwear with 13 brands marketed in more than 170 countries. Miles Underwood joins us today to talk about the past and the current direction of this multi-line company. Are your horses happy with where they live? Are you happy with where your horses live? If not, what can you do about it? Your horses are often a reflection of the environment that you create for them. The Stall and Stable podcast, hosted by Helena, covers topics ranging from backyard barns to managing large-scale stables. You may remember Helena as the former co-host of the Stable Scoop radio show with Glenn Hebert. Miles Underwood, hey, thanks for taking the time to join us on the Wisdom by Wessa show. Yeah, not a problem. Happy to do it. Well, I'm glad you are. Uh, it's an interesting company, um, but uh, this is one of the companies, uh, very, very successful companies that we've had on the show who can really trace its roots back over 100 years to the ingenuity and the foresight of one individual, which in your case was uh, G.A. Krause, and has, the company has finally expanded and built and changed and added things to the point where we are now. Um, why don't, uh, just for uh, clarification's sake, you can, uh, for our listeners, uh, kind of profile what your current role uh, and background is in the company and the industry. Yeah, so uh, I started with Wolverine Worldwide uh, a little over 11 years ago, moving on to my 12th year right now. Um, I started in customer service with uh, our Merrill brand, which kind of focuses on you know, more outdoor um, technical product and, and footwear and apparel. Uh, kind of did a little bit of moving around um, with some other brands, with our Sperry brand, and then um, more recently with Wolverine Apparel and now onto Wolverine Footwear. Um, so what I'm in charge of is uh, the territory of all of Texas, Oklahoma, Arkansas, and Louisiana, and I'm a senior account executive for Wolverine Brand. Um, so basically servicing our independent retailers with product, you know, marketing, anything I can do to kind of help them in store, uh, online with a digital presence, um, you know, anything we can do to kind of drive growth and awareness and, you know, get boots on people's feet so they can, you know, do their job at the end of the day. Now, as I recall, when you and I chatted before, while you are right now focused on the uh, Wolverine brand, you have had experience with some of the other uh, brands the company markets. Yes. I mean, we have 12 different brands in our portfolio, and we just uh, added our 13th earlier this year. Um, and, you know, for the scope, it just kind of tells you how big we are and in the different categories that we play in, you know, it, me, I'm from Michigan originally. Uh, I moved down to Texas three years ago. And if you would have, you know, showed me what a square toe boot is, I couldn't tell you the first thing about it. So I think, you know, for me, that was a big transition moving down to Texas and just seeing, you know, the full scope of the brand and, and you know, the different retailers and clientele we service. Um, but yeah, from Merrill, we also uh, have our Caterpillar brand, um, which is another work brand that we have. We have Sperry, um, you know, does boat shoes and a little more lifestyle. Uh, we have a, a children's group um, and then our Saucony running brand, which is, um, you know, one of the top running brands in the world right now. So definitely a bunch of different categories that we play into, um, you know, and I think it just helps our, our presence. 
Now, we, uh, of course, this is the WESA show, and we uh, mm-hmm. talk more than uh, uh, more than anything else about the Western market. Uh, do the Western stores in your market, um, what, what what's the breadth of the brands that they carry? We know that retailers have, have uh, uh, spread well beyond square-toed boots uh, uh, right. or, or ropers or anything else and mm-hmm. because they want their customers to buy more from them rather than go across the street to buy a brand they don't have. So what are you finding in terms of the retailer's interest in more than one of your lines? Yeah, I mean, from a competitive set, I mean, there's it's it's a huge market out there. You know, the big players, Justin, Ariat, um, on the work western side, um, those are are staples in this in this uh, territory. And you know, who I'm up against, you know, from a work western standpoint, um, Timberland Pro. Um, you know, you have some other like Rocky brands. Uh, you know, there's quite a few. You know, that I would say that I see from a retailer standpoint, uh, but uh, area and, and Justin, I would say with Timberland Pro, Red Wing are, are probably the, the top ones, um, you know, and I think that just speaks to the heritage, you know, like Wolverine brand, we've been around for over a hundred years. So I think it's easier for retailers to, to tell that story and to work with brands that have that heritage. Um, so, you know, I think it's, it's definitely from what it was 20, 30 years ago, there's a lot more brands. It's a lot more, uh, you know, competitive marketplace nowadays. Um, so, you know, we just want to do everything we can to kind of set ourselves apart from our competition. Now, but the Western stores are carrying your brands as well, correct? Oh, yes. Yep. And that's probably one of our fastest growing categories is the work Western. Um, so we do soft toe, we do steel toe, um, but is a, a prominent part of our, li- of our line. Um, and, you know, we are continued to be focused on it. How was business at your level and the retail level, and I guess I would ask worldwide, though you don't have worldwide responsibility, when the pandemic took over the country. Mm-hmm. Um, right when the pandemic went down, March of 2020, I, there was a lot of uncertainty, you know, um, I think from retailers, from the brands, um, no one really knew what was going on, and it was just kind of one day at a time. Um, you know, I think we wanted to prepare for the worst and hope for the best. But I think uh, with the supply chain issues that we're seeing right now, um, you know, there's just been a lot of turmoil uh, going on. But I think the one thing that benefited work boots and retailers is when COVID happened, um, work boots were deemed essential. So a lot of our farm and ranch and our Western retailers, they were able to remain open during a lot of the pandemic. And I think that benefited um, their businesses. But there's definitely been, um, you know, more disruption in the last year than I can ever remember from, you know, factories overseas to, you know, the poor issue in Long Beach, um, just to inventory shortages across the uh, industry. Um, it's truly been a, a unique time in the industry, um, you know, and I think the challenges are, are, are remain consistent. And, you know, hopefully by next year, we'll see a, some of that alleviate. Um, but, yeah, it has been crazy time that I can never remember. 
Well, I think that's true in almost every uh, industry, and we've talked to retailers, uh, a lot of retailers on the show who who somehow or other were able to get through uh, COVID because they they were carrying product lines that were being purchased by people who were considered essential, and that includes the construction people and the other people uh, who buy, uh, you know, your work product. Next question, I know, because Sophia said you're now the uh, Wolverine liaison with Wessa. That's correct? Correct, yes. So what do you look for? Have you been to the Wessa shows, and what do you look forward to, or how do you think uh, Wessa can assist what you're doing, and what can you learn, or what do you hope to learn from being involved in the Wessa shows? Yeah, um well, this will be my first show, um, so I'm looking forward to do it. I, know, I believe previously um, it was in the Denver area, and then it moved down to Dallas in the past year or so. Correct me if I'm wrong. Correct. Um, Correct. So, yeah, so one of the other sales reps had reached out to me and just said they're moving the show to Dallas. It would be a good one to attend. Um, so I'm looking forward to, one, just meeting everyone. <laughs> you know, I think with – COVID and the pandemic, you really see the renewed emphasis and just getting out there and and meeting people face to face. And I think that's one, what I enjoy most about, um, you know, my position and my role with the company, but two, what I'm looking forward to at the trade show, just meeting retailers that maybe I haven't um, met previously, being able to have the line and walk through, um, you know, the entire breadth of our product line from apparel, you know, to the work boots, even, you know, some of the casual stuff that we're doing now. Um, so I think just getting face to face, I think right now people are, are pretty zoomed out um, and, you know, have a little zoom fatigue and doing the digital stuff. So I think just meeting people, getting around, seeing the other brands and what's going on and what they're doing. And like I said, me moving from Michigan and not having a whole lot of experience in, in the Western, um, you know, market, I think it will be a, a eye-opening and exciting experience for me. What have you learned about the Western market now that you're down in Texas? What Any surprises when you came down? Uh, I just, you know, probably from a retailer standpoint, just how many Western retailers there are, just the, the sheer number of them. So, I mean, Texas, Texas itself is such a, a big state, you know, and I travel down south to the border. I'm in Houston, East Texas, and the Panhandle, West Texas. So, um, you know, geographically, I've, I've seen a whole lot of um, different cities and, you know, met different people. And I just think that the whole Western DNA, um, you know, with the hats, the buckles, um, denim, the boots, the fashion elements of some of the, the exotic boots and the materials they use, it is a completely eye-opening experience. Um, so, you know, I think just learning more about that. Um, but at the same time, you know, just learning more about, you know, what other companies are doing, um, what their vision, where they started, um, you know, how other people got their start. Um, you know, I'm trying to soak up everything I can like a sponge. So there hasn't really been anything that surprised me. Um, but I just think the pure volume of, you know, the Western market and the Western apparel um, I I was completely unaware of that. Well, I think that's interesting, and also because I, you know, you look at your lines. Um, I think some people make the mistake of believing that cowboys wear nothing but boots, whether they're working, <laughs> right. whether on the ranch, they're rodeo contestants, whatever it is, and that's not always true. 
uh, as companies like yours have introduced a casual um, after work or weekend oh, yeah. line. Um, if you go, I know if you go to a rodeo, if, you know, these guys come out of the arena, uh, and they don't stay in boots all the time when they're traveling, they have on casual shoes. That's true at the ranches as well. And I think that bodes well for a firm like yours that's been able to bring good brands in, uh, for maybe we'll call it the after work market, if that's a, a, a fair term, where they they wear either work boots or they wear Western boots uh, for what they're doing, and they have casual shoes in their closets uh, for when they're not working. And fortunately for you, you have all those things. Right. And, and you know, primarily what I sell is, is a steel toe or a composite toe work boot, you know, but our soft toe business, um, you know, is, is growing leaps and bounds as well. Just because, I mean, if you don't have to wear a safety toe shoe. I probably wouldn't want to, you know? So like you said, people, um, that are post rodeo or after work, you know, that want to still have something comfortable and have a casual element to it, but still, you know, be close to what they've been wearing before. So, you know, I, I think that speaks to who, who we are as a brand and, you know, the choices that we have for our retailers and our consumers alike. What do you predict for the future coming up in the next year or so? Anything? Um, well, I think, you know, the, the supply chain issues, uh, you know, I think we're continuing to see, um, you know, challenges on that side with, you know, different brands and different factories getting goods, you know, if they're doing overseas, what I would like to see is more, um, USA made production, you know, I think across the industry and something that we could benefit, um, from as the overall industry. Um, so I would really like to, you know, see that be kind of become a focal point for brands. Um, but I think just trying to getting back to normal, you know, there's been such a disruption with a lot of this moving to online, you know, for certain retailers, you know, the Amazons of the world, Zappos and that. So I, I'm hoping for a, a renewed uh, rejuvenation in kind of the brick and mortar business. You know, that that's the customers I work with. That's, you know, I think small business has really taken it kind of on the chin this past year. So I think just kind of getting back to the roots and getting back to normal, um, you know, that's what I'm hoping for. Um, but I think at this point, it's anyone's guess. But, you know, I'm really excited just to get to the trade show um, and just meet new people and, you know, have different conversations and, and really just have a, a sense of normalcy again. You know, I know that a lot of retailers, as we talk to them, a lot of retailers have added uh, a website, a transactional website. They sell and they market online. Are they including your brands uh, in the uh, product offering uh, that they're representing online these days? Yeah, and, and for the most part, you know, I think even if it's a, not as transactional, it's good to be able to tell, you know, that story of uh, a particular about a particular retailer, you know, they can tell kind of their goals and, and who do, who they service. Um, you know, I think primarily they do have, you know, our brands. Um, what I see, you know, a lot of what the customers I service is it's still a brick and mortar business. Um, you know, our guys are blue collar guys and, and where they might go online and check reviews on that. You know, you don't want to wait a week to get a pair of boots when you need them right now. You know, if you have a waterproof week or, you have a soul coming apart. Last thing you want to do is order, wait till it to come in, try it, make sure it works before you even, you know, get to use it. So good point. Uh, I'm, 
Yeah, and and that's where I see, you know, where after the pandemic, I think everything kind of went to the digital space. Now it's time to kind of come back. And now I think it's just trying to find, you know, that sweet spot. So, um, you know, I think a renewed emphasis on brick and mortar, um, but the digital business should be also a complementary piece. You know, uh, I think they can coexist and, um, you know, one shouldn't have to take away from the other. Well, uh, it sounds as if you're enjoying your life in Texas. Clearly, you've got a tremendous company behind you. Uh, you are working with one of their top brands. Uh, but as I looked at the company's website and did reading, I mean, your worldwide footprint is huge. And that's got to uh, uh, be comforting to uh, uh, you out there selling, knowing the size and the scope and the history of the company that stands behind the brand that you're offering to your retailers. Most definitely. And, you know, I think that's where some of the, you know, maybe the smaller band brands might have a struggle just getting their name out there. You know, I do have the benefit of uh, a large corporation behind me where we have, you know, the marketing dollars uh, to help support our customers. Uh, but just having that name brand recognition, um, you know, for, for work boots alike, um, you know, so when I do visit retailers, it's very rare that I have one that doesn't know the Wolverine brand. Um, so it really, it's just getting people up to speed in what we're doing and, and what we've been doing, where we're going. Um, you know, there's been a lot of change um, from a product standpoint and kind of, you know, where we're going directionally as a company. So, you know, I think just having the resources behind us and, and having that name brand recognition, it just, it's a, it's a comfortable, comfortable pillow I can put my head at, on at night. Well, and we appreciate you telling us that story. We're glad to have uh, uh, Wolverine with 130 uh, or so years of history behind it. Um, we love talking to, uh, we like talking to new com new companies too, don't get me wrong, but there's something, you know, just fascinating uh, about companies that are still here a uh, hundred and plus years after uh, their founder envisioned the concept, which shows the founder had a pretty good idea to start with. Oh, oh, definitely. And, you know, there's a thing that one of my managers always used to say, um, he said, we're not good because we're old, we're old because we stayed good. And I thought that just spoke volumes of who we are as a brand, um, you know, being over 130 years old, uh, you know, having a part of America's, you know, original work boot, um, and just telling that, that story, you know, I see some of the, the pictures of, the old shoe factories that we used to have back in Michigan. And it just, it's pretty cool heritage and history to, to be able to speak on that uh, on a consistent basis. So I, I really appreciate the time and, and the interview and um, hope I answered your questions uh, clearly enough. And You, know, you did great, my man. It was, it was wonderful having you on the show. <clears throat> I appreciate it. Now you uh, go finish what you were doing and then have a happy Thanksgiving and then get out there and sell more Wolverine product. <laughs> I will do my best. I appreciate it. Thanks a lot. If you have feedback on the show, we'd love to hear it. There is a contact link on the Wisdom by Wessa website. And, of course, the Wisdom by Wessa show will be published on the 15th and 30th of every month. You can listen on your most favorite podcast players. You can also listen on the Horse Radio Network app on iOS or Android phones. Just search Horse Radio Network in the App Store. It's free and it's easy to use. Be sure to visit all the great shows 
on the Horse Radio Network at www.horseradionetwork.com. WESA, where the industry meets.